it's time for the message. After music like that, makes you either want to preach or just want to hear more. But let's turn to Numbers chapter 17. I want to bring you a message from the Bible today. Uh, Numbers chapter 17. If you don't have a Bible, I think we have some in the back that you can, you can have. You can actually take it with you. And uh, they're very nice. Anybody in need of a Bible? We're looking in Numbers chapter 17. What we're going to do is read a lengthy passage, but I, I feel that we are needing to. So this is in Numbers 17, verses 1 through 11. Let's all stand together for the reading of God's Word. Numbers chapter 17, verses 1 through 11. We'll read these responsively. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and take of every one of them a rod according to the house of their fathers, of all their princes according to the house of their fathers, twelve rods. Write thou every man's name upon his rod. And thou shalt write Aaron's name upon the rod of Levi. For one rod shall be for the head of the house of their fathers. And thou shalt lay them up in the tabernacle of the congregation before the testimony where I will meet with you. And it shall come to pass that the man's rod whom I shall choose shall blossom. And I will make to cease from me the murmurings of the children of Israel whereby they murmur against you. And Moses spake unto the children of Israel, and every one of their princes gave him a rod apiece, for each prince one, according to their father's houses, even twelve rods. And the rod of Aaron was among their rods. And Moses laid up the rods before the Lord in the tabernacle of witness. And it came to pass that on the morrow Moses went into the tabernacle of witness, and behold, the rod of Aaron for the house of Levi was budded, and brought forth buds, and broomed blossoms, and yielded almonds. And Moses brought out all the rods from before the Lord unto all the children of Israel. And they looked, and took every man his rod. And the Lord said unto Moses, Bring Aaron's rod again before the testimony, to be kept for a token against the rebels, and thou shalt take away the murmurings from me, that they die not. And Moses did so as the Lord commanded him. So did he. So the title of this morning's message is, Will the real high priest please stand up? The true high priest. I could say, Will the true high priest rise from the dead? But let's, let's pray. Father, I ask that you'd bless the, the reading of this wonderful passage and help us to understand it. Help us to understand the significance of it. And we pray that you'd bless uh, all that is said as we receive it as the Word of God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So this story of the almond rod that budded. Very significant story in the Bible. You know, it's only a small chapter. One of the most significant chapters in the Word of God. Because in this chapter, God is telling... Who is the only legitimate priest for Israel? There can only be one high priest. And so God proved to all Israel that Aaron was his choice to be the high priest over his people. Men had been coming before Moses and wondering why him? 
Why Aaron, of all people? Why not me? You ever said that? Why not more than one? Why can't it be a select group of us? Why can't it be all 12 of us? If you notice, there were 12 men here uh, represented by these 12 rods, which we'll get to in a minute. They wanted to know. And they kept coming before Moses and questioning and wondering, and they just wanted to know why Aaron. And, and is it possible that there could be another priest besides Aaron? You know, it'd be like applying for the job. They kept coming forth saying, I want that position. One man was so bold, he went against Moses. His name was Korah. Caused the death of many, many people. Because he was a rebel. They did not want it God's way. I guess they believed that many could do what only God chose Aaron to do. High priest of Israel. And so we want to talk about that today. You know, who is the true mediator between God and men? So men kept coming and questioning. And so our story says that God told Moses, let's, let's put a stop to this and summarize it. Let's just finalize this once and for all. Who is the true high priest? And so, He said, have every head of the house of Israel, there were twelve tribes, each one of them had a head or a prince over them, let him bring a rod, a dead branch, a staff, bring it before me, write their name upon it, and we'll put that before God overnight. Nobody will sneak in. We'll lock it up in the tabernacle. God told us to do it, and we'll see what happens. And so, Aaron was chosen for the tribe of Levi, which God had already said the Levitical priesthood, God chose the, priest, uh, the Levitical tribe to be the priest over Israel long before this. So he said, put your name on there, Aaron. And they put these, you know, it was an almond bud. You know, you think about what kind of rods can you find out in the middle of the wilderness? Very interesting. But all of them, they weren't freshly cut rods. These were dead. Like a walking stick. Or like a cane. Or like when Moses carried that rod when he led the people of Israel out of Egypt. These are dead pieces of wood. And so God said, put that in the tabernacle. We'll lock it up overnight and we'll see what happens. Now it's amazing because look at verse 7. It says, And Moses laid up the rods before the Lord in the tabernacle of witness. And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses went into the tabernacle of witness. And behold, all of their buds, all of them just budded forth. No, it doesn't say that. It says the rod for the house of Aaron, for the house of Levi, was budded and brought forth buds, bloomed blossoms, and yielded almonds. Isn't that amazing? Overnight, this one thing happened. This dead stick came to life. And not only life, we're talking brilliant life. We're talking abundant life. Full leaves. Full buds. Not only that, Full almonds budding out of there and sprouting out of this thing. I mean, the type of good quality almonds that you could eat right off the branch came right out of a dead stick. And God said, we will cease people's wonderings here. Everyone else, Moses, 
handed them their rod bag. Said, take your rod home with you. It's the same as it came in. It's a dead stick. That's all it is. But take Aaron's rod. Let's leave it in the tabernacle and lay it up before the tabernacle of testimony. In fact, they stuck it in the Ark of the Covenant. Eventually, inside the Ark. As a forever testimony of how significant it is that God chose this priest. You know, man did not choose who would be the priest. It wasn't an elected position by men. This was an elected position by God. The beautiful living rod was proof of God's choice. There was none other. And what is it? A full life. And it's interesting because this set forth the principle of who will be high priest from here on out. So we know Aaron became, was the high priest for Israel. He lived 18 years after that and he died. He went to be with his fathers. After that, his eldest son Eleazar took over. And he was high priest of Israel until the, death of his, until the end of his life. After him, his son, Phinehas, became the high priest for Israel. He did all the high priestly work. He did it till the end of his life. Now this succession through the genealogies of Aaron went all the way through Israel's history. God had decided this to be so. Now what's interesting is, I want to get to where it really matters. Because when Jesus was born, He was born into a strange situation. And, and there were two high priests. There's only supposed to be one. There was a man named Annas who had a, another man marry his daughter. His name was Caiaphas. Caiaphas married Annas' daughter and he became like a joint high priest with his father-in-law. Now this is, this is not what the Bible teaches that it ought to be. You know, so when Jesus died on the cross, the year of his death, Caiaphas was the high priest. We know that for a fact. I'm not 100% sure he was even really, truly within the genetic line to be the high priest. And by the way, there never was supposed to be two. There's only supposed to be one. How interesting it is. It became so corrupt. Now think about this. So when you read Jesus' life, you can kind of understand what's going on. Religion had, had become corrupt. Because they had so much power. And they had all these little sects. The Sadducees, the Pharisees, the scribes, and the rulers. And then you had the high priest running it all. And by the way, the high priest was a Sadducee at this time. Caiaphas. Well... This is all going on, and what they, by the time Jesus came onto the scene, there were only two types of people in Israel. Only two types. You had these uh, arrogant people that were religious, and everybody else was a sinner. That was it. You were either one of this select group, and you were very religious in your nature, or you were just a sinner. Men were arrogant, they were judgmental. They were holier than thou. I mean, anything Jesus did, and everything He did was well, was scrutinized and judged and questioned by these religious people who did not understand grace at all. They didn't have grace. They didn't want grace. You know, the Pharisees and the Sadducees of Jesus' time, they refused to admit they were even sinners. They wouldn't even admit it. Jesus said, I came to remove your cloak 
and show you that you're just in need of sin, of salvation from sin as any other. So Jesus was born and raised under a dead system. There was no life in it. There was no power in it. There was no freedom amongst the people that lived in Israel at the time. They were oppressed. They were suppressed. They were very depressed because something had gone awry. The priesthood had been defiled. And so like Aaron of old, Jesus was chosen by God for a particular job. And no one else could do this. He's the Son of God, came from heaven. He was a holy vessel whose purpose was to reconcile men back to God, to remedy the sin problem and to bring forgiveness. Jesus was the Lamb of God. Sinless, spotless, righteous, perfect. He was the Son of God. He was the supreme example for us in life. He kept all the commandments. He fully obeyed His Father. He served man. He said, I am one among you that ministers. He's a minister, a servant of others. He was the fulfiller of the prophecies. And what's so sad is, the ones who knew the most, scribes, Pharisees, Jesus called them hypocrites, should have seen clearly who He was. They should have known, this is the true priest right here. The ones, these priests, they should have been first in line to receive Him. But they weren't. They would not come. They only come to judge. They only come to question. They only come actually to rebel. And so they turned against Him. They conspired against Him. They worked deceitfully against Jesus Christ. They were watching many believe, sinners by the way, getting in. They didn't like sinners getting in. I'm glad I didn't live back then. They wouldn't have liked me getting in either. They saw so many people getting their lives changed. Miracles taking place. Salvations left and right, yet they refused to believe. They watched all the miracles Jesus did, yet they hardened their necks. They rejected the reality that they need a Savior too. And so rather than saying, this is the true one, they conspired to take His life. Interesting that the uh, high priest Caiaphas made a prophecy or a statement in John eleven fifty. It is expedient for us that one man should die for the people, that the whole nation perish not. He said that. And then it says they took counsel together to put Him to death. And the one thing they didn't understand, which I, I, I find it, you talk about blinded eyes. According to Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1, it says, There shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Jesus' name is the branch. That's one of his names. He's the branch. He is the rod. Okay? And they knew this, but they tried to suppress it from the people, and they had him taken away from the earth. You know, he was the branch. He said it was the root and the offspring of David. He came from David, but David came from him. And he's this shoot coming out. Perfect rod, by the way. His life exuded all of it and proved it. By his perfect life, this beautiful branch, Jesus Christ, 
had all the Spirit of God upon him, all knowledge, all understanding. He says it came from the very bosom of God, the heart of God Himself, beautiful and perfect and chosen. Chosen by God, just like Aaron of old. It says in Daniel 9.26, He was cut off. He was cut off. They cut Him away from the earth. They took Him out to that old rugged tree and they crucified Him. And they took His life. And Jesus said, you didn't take my life, I willingly gave it. We know that. This was God's plan all along. Jesus died on a cross, taken away and killed, and then put away into a dark tomb. Stuck away, and like I said earlier, I really believe they tried to mortar it shut. And then they guarded it with guards, trying to keep Him from coming out. This rod. You know, you cut a stick away from a tree, that, pretty close, that, tree, that stick's going to die. You can graft things in. But we, we cut bushes and trees and, and, and uh, you can, as Jesus said, you're like the, the uh, grass. The flower of the grass. Looks beautiful till you cut it. Dies pretty quick after that. Not Aaron's rod that budded. But they put it in the earth and it was locked away for three whole days. And they thought, what are we going to do? Well, you know, you can't keep life from springing out if it's true life. Amen. You just can't do it. The giver of life is life Himself. Jesus had life within Himself. He is eternal life, John 17, 3 says. And so something marvelous took place. That dead rod, that body, sprouted to life. No man saw it. It was in the tomb. Just like the rod that was put into the uh, the holy place. It sprouted to life. And it came, it was it budded forth in full glory. We can't even imagine the greatness and the glory. That glorified body that Jesus had. It just sprouted forth. Everlasting life. You know, so that dead rod budded in the dark place, away from the eyes of men, but life returned. And then after three days, the rod of God bursted forth with glory. He bloomed. He blossomed. He bore fruit. The Bible calls Him the first fruits of them that slept. So the earth quaked. The stone rolled away. And Jesus came forth in all His glory and He arose to marvelous, marvelous life. Romans 1 verse 3 and 4 says, He was of the seed of David according to the flesh. We know that. But declared to be the Son of God with power. By the Spirit of holiness, by the resurrection of the dead. Jesus came from the grave. Full power. Says in in Hebrews, Thou art my Son, this day have I begotten thee. We know it was His Son by birth. Jesus was born, uh, uh, the firstborn from the dead. First to rise from the dead. And God said, Thou art my Son. And you know what He was saying? You are my choice. As the high priest, there is no other. There can be no other. It's not even possible for there to be 
another. Jesus is the rod that budded. I love what Apostle Paul said. He said, oh, they killed, you killed the Prince of Life in Acts 13.30. You put Him in the grave. But God raised Him from the dead. God did it. This is God's choice. You know, men don't like that. Why Jesus? Why only Jesus? Well, God said so. That's why. He's God's choice, not ours. There may, they may try to come up with some ideas and some choices, but no, Jesus is the rod that budded. It says He died unto sin once. Death hath no dominion over Him, and He ever liveth to make intercession for the saints. He's our priest. He ever liveth. He'll never die again. The resurrection of Christ is living proof that He is the choice of God. Amen. Okay? He is God's choice. Who is the real high priest? You know, people, there's charlatans everywhere. There's, there's wannabes. There's false Christs. There's all types of men out there. Even Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light, the Bible teaches. But will the real high priest please stand up? There's only one. Everybody else is a fake. Will the true high priest rise from the dead? And he did. And it's evident. And it's proof. You know what this means? All these other rods are dead. Any other type of religion... It's dead. It's still as dead as it was the day that Jesus went into the grave. Any founder of any religion that's not Jesus Christ is dead. They didn't rise from the dead. They're still there today. Only Jesus rose from the dead. You know what that means? It means there's only one way to eternal life. And one way to heaven. The Lord Jesus Christ. There's not many. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Nobody. It's all about Him. And there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The Lord Jesus Christ. That's our, you know, that's our only hope, but that's all you need. That's right. Let me say something. There's life in Jesus Christ. Anybody that's ever come to the rod that budded, there's life. Their, their life just springs forth with, with beautiful leaves. Not withering where some of them fall off. and they, you, you, Is they about half dead? Not God's people. There's life in Christ. I mean, it's just beautiful bounty of beautiful leaves. There's beauty in Christ. You know, it says that, that, that uh, rod budded all these beautiful flowers. All over it, just beautiful and fragrant. That's the life of a Christian who comes to Christ and He just makes your life so, so much, so meaningful and special. It just shows. Just this beautiful. Life becomes beautiful under Jesus Christ. You know, there's fruit in Jesus Christ. You will bear fruit. He said it. He said, I chose you to bear forth fruit. He, you get in Christ, your life will just bring forth fruit. Sometimes you bring forth so much you don't even know it. But other people do, and God does. 
I think sometimes the Christian has no idea how much fruit. And the Bible says we live and eat of Jesus Himself. Amen. He is our life. You know, it's interesting. Um, that rod that budded is a reminder that there is eternal life after death. It's, there is life. There's hope. The Bible says, you who were dead in trespasses and sins. Boy, that was me. I know that. Dead as dead can be. I was worse than a dead stick. I was starting to have root rot. I was starting to have worms eat me. You know, so now, nowadays, everybody loves that wormhole uh, furniture. Well, the, the worms have gotten me pretty good. You too, by the way. Right. Yeah. Man, even us. Just take that wonderful... It's a reminder. There's life after death. That's what Christ came for. He will renew your life and then He'll give you eternal life on top of that. Amen. That's where you say death is swallowed up in victory. It's just, you know, like Aaron's rod. What did Aaron's rod do to Pharaoh's magician's rods? When they became serpents, his rod swallowed up theirs. Right. You know why? Their rods are dead. Their rods are not of God. The Egyptian magicians turned into snakes. Aaron's rods swallowed theirs up whole. Swallowed up in victory. Think about this. All of life is about death. Jesus is purely about life. So let me conclude here just to say some things here this morning and be done. Christ is the only true hope for men. We know this to be fact. You know, and no matter how great their life, how do I say this? How great they think their life is. How much they think they have going for them. It's going to end with a dead stick. Severed from God. Severed from life. It will quickly end at death. Please turn to 1 Corinthians. Right, we're just going to read some verses. You know, this is Resurrection Sunday. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the resurrection chapter. I'm trying to teach you today, or just to remind you, life without Christ is futile. It's ineffectual. It's powerless. If you admit it, it's miserable. But life with Him is true life. So 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Or 15, excuse me. Chapter 15, let's, let's read verse 14. It says, And if Christ be not risen, He's making a, a case here. If Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith also is vain. So the Bible's saying what we're doing is a total waste of time right now if there's no resurrection of the dead. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, there's no need to come to church. There's no need to preach the gospel. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that He raised up Christ, whom He raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. Every man that ever preached Christ is a liar if that's the truth. For if Christ rise not, then is Christ not raised. 
or is not Christ raised? And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. You see that? Anything you believe in, it doesn't matter what you believe in. It's dead and vain. And you're still yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Jesus in Christ are perished. That those that are already gone to the other side and died means they're perished forever if there's no resurrection from the dead. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead. And become the first fruits of them that slept. So our hope rests on His resurrection. But it's more than that. Our hope is there's a future resurrection for us. Exactly like Him. He's the first fruits. Afterwards, they that are Christ at His coming. You can rest assured on the rod that budded. You know, He's in heaven right now. He's ever alive. He's ever present. Just as He was 2,000 years ago when He rose from the dead. So for us who believed on that bud, you put your faith in Jesus Christ. Him alone. You're not trusting a church or a man or, or a creed or an experience. Jesus Christ and Him alone. He's the firstborn from the dead. He's the first. Many are coming after Him at His coming. That's the promise of life to all of us who will believe in Jesus Christ. Look at verse 15, uh, chapter 15 and verse 50. Here He comes. Verse 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall put on incorruptible. Notice when. It's not if. It's no longer an if here. It's a guaranteed certainty. We're just waiting for it to happen. And when it happens, and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass that saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. How beautiful is that? Oh, death, where is thy sting? Not getting me. Oh, grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So soon, you know, very soon, it could be years and years from now, we're going to break forth from the grave just like Jesus did. God said so. It's His choice. Those that are alive will be changed. You're going to be freed from your flesh and go on to glory. And eternal life comes bursting forth. You know, We'll be in His image. In the image of Christ. You you will be coming out, bursting forth. We can't imagine this. The Bible says right now we're stuck in terrestrial bodies. We're stuck. We can't get out of this flesh. But when Christ calls and comes back, when we rise from the dead, our bodies become celestial and spiritual, ready for heaven above. It's all found right here in 1 Corinthians 15. 
We're going to go to heaven forever to be with the Lord. Yeah. Thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory. You know, what you need to resolve in your heart, and I think you're here at church on an Easter morning, you probably have this, but there's only one rod that budded. Amen. And we found Him! Jesus Christ, Amen. the Son of God, the Lord of glory. Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads.